Good evening. This evening's Dharma talk is titled Self-Pity. Self-Pity. Exciting, huh? So the nature of self-pity is, of course, self-centeredness or ego. You know that. And it is kind of the other, an aspect, you could say the other pole or another area of pride that we've been somehow cheated out of our rightful heritage as king of the universe. So we feel sorry for ourselves. We didn't deserve this. Me, 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 me. Okay, how, how do we work with that? I think we all know what this is. I don't need to go on and be sarcastic about it. How do you work with this in a way that is fundamentally going to be have some kind of effect? Uh, maybe it won't get rid of it, but it may help you to realize the nature of it. So the first thing we can do is stop trying to get rid of it. Stop trying to clean up our act. Stop trying to not have, have self-pity. Try to reorient, orientate, or orient ourselves towards a clear understanding of what these emotions are, where they're coming from, why they're happening, what is really true, what is not true. And of course, you can you might go through any all kinds of various combinations of this didn't used to be here. This is here. Here it comes again. And I mean, it's just a it's just a labyrinth of combinations of causes and conditions that can take anyone who has uh, an experience or emotional dynamic that we would even call self-pity. We're just feeling like we're just, we just feel sad for ourselves. We have to go through so much. We have so much stress. We have so many things to do, so many things to that need attention. We don't have the time. We don't have the energy. We, don't, we might not even have the, the wish to take care of those various things. And the way that I understand this is it seems to be necessary, as you'll hear me say over and over again, in all kinds of situations. Seems to be necessary to do it with, to work on this, to address this, to meet this with awareness. And awareness is not particularly uh, a series of thoughts or analyses or the logic or the causes and conditions or finding why it's happening. You can find why it's happening. You can always find a cause. And it's not that that cause isn't an accurate cause for this particular situation or condition. We're not here to argue with the relative truth because it's it looks true. This this happens and then that happens. And that, well, then that happens. And then, of course, because that happens, then this happens over here. It's like sun, sunlight on a plant or water on the roots of the plant. So causes and conditions are happening. So it's not about ignoring that or finding a way to manipulate in, that in such a way that we, we can return to having our self-esteem, which I'm gonna call pride. Self-esteem is just pride, come on. And you can disagree with me, but you better know what you're talking about if you're gonna disagree with me. I'm always invite, inviting people to come and get me. You have so much clarity, so much logic about what's happening with the world. Check it out over here. See if it works. I've even invited Jordan Peterson to come and talk to me. He really wants to 
find out who he is. I don't mean that. I don't want to cross swords with him. I'll just lose. <clears throat> but it seems to be necessary to look deeply into this. It's not easy. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, we can work uh, with our mind, work on our awareness for years and years and feel like we're making some progress. Things are settling down and then we're suddenly, uh, maybe not suddenly, but we're slowly kind of, can you be slowly startled? Slowly we're startled by a little progress we've made because this is not about progress. As I've said, if you started listening to me six years ago, seven years, eight years, 10 years, 15 years ago, not about progress. It's not about the pilgrim's progress. It's not necessarily about regress either. It is about being clear about what this is. And this has to do with the assumption that there's something else. And, the, and the, there is an assumption that there is someone. The someone who can feel sorry for themselves or self-pity or can't quite live, live up to a particular situation that they wish they could uh, and are prevented from doing what they would really like to do and accomplish and succeed at and show up as by causes and conditions that are just impossible to deal with because we think there's someone that can succeed. I'm not saying there isn't some kind of relative success of things, but it's just that, it's a relative success. It won't last. Just like the whole, I'm not gonna go into politics particularly, but we have a big mess happening. We've always had a big mess. It just stinks worse right now. The mess was there 20 years ago, 50 years ago. <clears throat> Some people see that and see the relative nature of that and are very adept, very sophisticated, educated about this and endeavor to point it out to us. The way that we solve that Most of the solutions are relative. Most of the solutions are called materialism. You need to find out what's wrong and fix it. Not a bad idea. Let's find out what's wrong. What's the, of course, look at who you're listening to. Look at what I say in various ways. Don't need to fix anything. You need to see what it is. And what is it? Again, my boring statement that I say over and over again. It's not separate. If you realize it, this doesn't mean you're free of the confusion, free of the difficult feelings, feel, uh, free of the stress, even free of self-pity. But there's no one there. There's no, there's no one there anymore. There is a witnessing but there's no witness. There is uh, a witnessing, but there's nothing witnessed. You cannot figure that out. Even though various philosophers and psychologists and down through the centuries have come up with various kinds of bright and shiny and clammy confusions. 
Did I say confusions? I meant conclusions. But confusions might work. <clears throat> we don't want to fail. We don't we don't want to we don't want to fail. We want to succeed. We want to attain enlightenment. So the important thing to remember as a practitioner, which I think all of you are, as someone who practices meditation, who is training, stretching, endeavoring to see more deeply into the fundamental truth of our world, what this is, what self-pity is, what pity is, what self, self, self-pity, someone who's pitiful. That's just pitiful. Okay, here we go again. It's got to be, you have to at some point uh, drop it out of gear and see, drop it out of gear, drop it out of first. You, you guys know about gears, first gear, second gear, third gear, fourth gear, fifth gear, <coughs> five speed. Drop it out of gear and just let it idle or maybe let it coast. Uh, what we're working with right here, right now, with our minds, with our neighbors, with our kids, with our our society, with our politics, is nothing. Nothing. It's just very, very simple compared to what is uh, showing up relatively. So as you hear me say over and over again, train the mind to see what is happening actually rather than your opinions, ideas, judgments, the self-pity. Something happens. What is what is the feeling? What is the even the words self-pity? Which maybe we can't look at it and think maybe we can't think of any other way to describe it. It just feels like self-pity. It's like I feel sorry for myself. I'm just at a loss. This is just terrible. What is, what is what is the the word self pity? What is that covering up? What is what is that fundamentally, or uh, radically? What radically? Which of course is the root of what is the root of that? What is what is there? What is that? Seems to be necessary to do this ourselves. Even the teaching person, he, she, or they even if they're a true teacher, is not going to be able to get you to see that uh, other than just recommending that you look closely and take nothing for granted. Come to no conclusions is my way of saying it. This is how conclusions are like this. You may have found something, but it's not what is behind self-pity. It might be a conclusion that might stand up in court. You're in court. But the, the kind of understanding doesn't need to stand up because it's not separate. The fundamental discrepancy there, of course, is mistaken identity. You, me, I, we think there's someone that is having self-pity. Somebody's feeling they're, what they're experiencing feels like, I just feel like self-pity. So the misunderstanding there is that we impute or give or assume or project some kind of reality on itself. There's somebody, someone 
was somehow either pitiful or, or ashamed or suffering or just can't live up to what they thought they should live up to or what their maybe their mother or their father or their relatives or, or some kind of uh, maybe maybe in this lifetime maybe in an apparent past lifetime and i say apparent because i don't believe in any of that stuff you shouldn't either when i say you shouldn't if you're listening to me don't believe anything start out with you want to practice i'll give you a practice watch your thoughts and don't believe them again watch your thoughts don't disbelieve them one more watch your thoughts emotions, memories, ideations, ramifications, conclusions, exclusions, inclusions, and don't shut them out. That's, that's a, what do you call that? Is that a tall order? Yes, that's a tall order. To be able to witness, receive whatever's showing up without believing it, disbelieving it, or shutting it away. You heard me say this over and over again. So I'm basically like, uh, was it Brandon Klein when he was living here, the, the, the person formerly known as, uh, was it Seito? Seikyo. Uh, huh? I knew I named him something. I think it was, uh, isn't that, um, what was that? It's True Mirror. That means True Mirror? <laughs> That's a good name for him. <laughs> It was true, and it was a mirror. But he never saw how those were the same thing. Unless he did just recently. One time he said, Sogazan, why do you, you just keep saying the same thing over and over again? And that's probably why it left. He just got bored. He's probably watching right now, trying to see if I'm saying anything new. <laughs> There's nothing new. It's just mistaken identity there is no there's no observer there's nothing being observed and you might say how can he, how can he say that he's running his mouth he's sitting up there in his red no purple road uh, red comes next i'm gonna wear red pretty soon hold your breath no don't hold Where's Rumi? He's sleeping through my talk. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we do with that? Let's, I mean, I've talked about it a little bit. No, what, what if you're experiencing that kind of a situation, which some people are, don't do anything with it. Don't, don't make no further comment. Uh, you could say, if I, were, if I were to say it very directly and you need to do something, then I'll give you something you can do. You can say to yourself, you can say this. If you need to say it as a mantra, get out your mala. Do it a thousand. Give me a thousand reps of this. When I say give them to me, you're not giving them to anybody. And say, I don't care if this other ever goes away. Because the tension of having what we call what you call, we call, I call, we're calling self-pity. We want to get rid of that. We don't want that. And all that is is just one, fo one form of negativity that is personalized into self-pity. But it actually, it's just passion. 
It's just a form of passion that is, has wrapped its tentacles around an apparent self and gives it some kind of imputed uh, reality. It is unreal. This don't look for something being unreal as to having no longer having a feeling, uh, no longer having any thoughts about it, uh, having it be somehow how your version of movie of um, a Hollywood uh, uh, illusion. It's not a Hollywood illusion. This is a real illusion. And those spikes are sharp. The feeling is never going to go away. It's it's the identity that assumes it's having a feeling. That's the polarity. That's the basic misunderstanding. The tension is created there. Me, I'm feeling sad. Me, I'm feeling self-pity. Sadness is a, a, a polarity that's a, a little bit uh, has a little bit less of a of a tension to it because then. The sadness is actually how the ego feels when it's losing its ground. Another word for that is hopelessness. Eventually, there's no one left to feel hope or hopelessness. Uh, this is called bliss. And it's not an emotion. If you think it's an emotion, you'll continue to circle the compound. This is, a, this is a very good topic. This is not an easy topic to talk about, let alone an easy, uh, an easy topic to uh, ask questions about or even answer questions about. But I'm willing if you are. How do you begin to spread the awareness to include others when that is arising? <clears throat> Just that you're able to ask that question tells me that that's something you're endeavoring to do. And to endeavor to do that and notice that you can't do it, this is awareness. Notice that, that you're, you're because you received the vow to be with all things, there's a tension there that causes the self-centered mind to continually look to see how I'm not really able to do this. I'm not really able to include all, all beings, all things. I just can't quite extend this to others. That's where you start. And, and when you do that, then what that does is bring up in high relief, even uh, very uh, stark relief at times, because it comes and goes, is the, the clinging to a self. We some some practices the uh, Atma Vichara, which is taught by was taught by the Indian sage Ramana Maharshi. Um, uh, who's seeing? Who's smelling? Who's tasting? Who am I? Who am I? I'm me. Who is that? I'm this. Who is that? I'm the one who thinks this or thinks that. Who is that? Atma, Atma Vichara can work maybe for some people, but my way of understanding is to watch what's moving. And eventually, by watching what's moving with less grasping, watching what's moving with less aggression, watching what's moving with less shutting down, eventually the awareness, because of uh, the differentiation and desire that is slowly fading out, uh, eventually one sees, I'm going to use a, a literal 
of polarity to show you, but it actually it's, it's there. But I'm saying eventually, without even looking, you see there isn't anyone. But you see that there isn't anyone by seeing what's out there. So you actually transcend the, the dualistic grasping and clinging and preference and prejudice by looking at the world and receiving what comes. Receiving what comes is uh, uh, without anything extra. More? It seems like culturally we're always having our emotions and feelings minimized. Oh, it'll get better. It's fine. Or, oh, you don't even know what I have to deal with. And I struggle with not self-minimizing how I feel. And I'm wondering how to actually thoroughly experience the emotions that I have. Be, just be genuine. Uh, be the shithead you're trying to get rid of. Make sense? Probably. How do I let myself be the shithead when the self-condemnation or the criticism is the most overpowering part of the emotion. I can't even really get a flavor of it sometimes. But that's how what you're doing. That's how, it done, how it's done. And you backed out of it by saying, I can't get a flavor of it. So that tells you, tells me, tells you that you're looking for some kind of proof. You're looking for some kind of a quality that will show up that, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm on the right path here. I'm doing the right thing. More? Us. That won't bring up self pity, nothing will. Just, I, it tends to arise a lot when I'm feeling overwhelmed. Yes. And I just can't take the initiative to be gentle with myself. Yes. I just, don't know how to just lighten up. Uh, just, just, just that you're even able to ask the question is it tells me that you're like a man walking up the side of the mountain asking me how to climb a mountain. And I'm saying to you, uh, the, the man in the mountain is saying to you, this is how it's done. You're doing it. You're actually doing it. But looking for the conclusion is circular. And anytime you look for getting better, you start to spin in the same spot on the mountain. It's, it's, a, it's a process of not feeling particularly good. When you, when you, when you, when you, when you, Come over the top of the mountain uh, because of the nature of reality. No one has climbed the mountain. There never was anyone. The realization of that is is, is, is realizing not to. It's just kind of a homely way of that it shows up without many without any credentials. It's flat out ordinary. It's beige. How can we work with the awareness when there's so much motion? In our life. So this tells me that you're seeing the mo you're watching the motion. You're watching things that show up and go away and show up and go away. And uh, the self-centeredness, that area that is full of itself, which can show up as pride, it can show up as self-pity, it can so show it can show up as a uh, ignoring, like or even the 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 aggressive kind of ignoring. Like, well, I don't really care about that. It has nothing to do with me. So that's their problem. It's not my problem. More? Not 
Questions are good. Thank you, Jason. For questions are good in this area. Come and get me. Yes. Go ahead, Junshu. When looking back on a situation where I felt self-pity or some other negative emotion, it seems easy to say um, why I was feeling that way or, or why yes. I shouldn't have felt that way. Yes. It's, there's more space around it. But if I'm in the midst of that, um, it feels so solid that it, it seems like it's the only thing, it's, it's the only way that the situation could be. Um, yes. Is that, does that solidity come from thinking there is a self experiencing that? I don't know. What do you think? What do you Would think? You huh? Would that solidity be there if I saw that there was no self? So this, it could be more solid. Could be. So there's no, there's no guarantee of anything. The whole idea of looking for some kind of in order to see if that's true, to look somewhere else for the proof. It's, it's just more uh, duality, more uh, uh, materialism. So less is better. And this is why we, the, the obvious form of less is better is sit down, hold still, and don't do anything. And the only thing, uh, the instruction I give is just observe. But actually, you wouldn't even have to do that. If you understand what this is, you may observe, you may not. Hold still. Take everything that is in motion and hold it still softly, not rigid, not Japanese form with this kind of a threat behind you. You see this? Don't need that. I just have it. I just have it there as a prop. What? Does openness mean seeing seeing possibilities? Um, it could. It could, but there's no uh, the possibilities don't have anyone seeing that. So the the possibilities are showing up, but if the possibilities uh, uh, contract, then there's no disappointment. If the possibility opens up and starts to go in another direction, totally different than maybe what it was looking like it was doing, uh, there's no there's no confusion. When I say there's no confusion, I'm saying the confusion may show up in the uh, description of what it is, but there's no person who's confused about it. As you've heard me say before, if you feel like you're have transcended this world or you feel like you're seeing no self as some people have told me that they see i see that i'm not real I'm no self that's a misunderstanding there's no conclusion happening there and not even that, that there's no longer a self Yippee. if something appears extremely solid 
to me. Is there anything I'm missing or is there some a problem with that? No. More? Thank you, Valley. What if it looks like that's a problem to me? How do I work with that? Do nothing with it. Anytime, uh, anytime something um, something shows up, anytime something shows up, if you do anything with it, if you support it or believe it, or if you don't believe it or push it away, or if you shut yourself off from it, uh, it it will tend to persist because it's just the nature of relative truth. It will it'll tend to resist anything you do with it. But if you do nothing with it, nothing then it can't last. It won't last, no matter what it is, because it, its duration might be, uh, you might not be able to particularly measure that by way of taking it to the market as your special understanding of non-duality. But it won't have it won't have the persistence that things tend to have when we when we agree or we or we disagree or we close off. Thank you. There's a question on YouTube from Bhavani. Okay. In some countries, women face discrimination and rejection, both from parents and parents-in-law. How to deal with this situation as a Buddhist? So it's, it's so very, very, I understand what you're saying. I feel that I do. It's so situational that if, if the situation you're in allows you to, to extract yourself and get into an environment that is more uh, fundamentally sane, which means no warfare, or le at least less warfare, some way to get out of that rather than try to operate within that. Quite often people want to turn right around and, or turn right around and go right to war with the very confusion that is... Uh, is manifesting in such a way that if you fight with that, you increase the confusion. Uh, it's like, not that, not that people shouldn't protest, don't misunderstand me. People should do whatever, they, whatever they're doing, it's correct. You should live your life. It's correct. Even the people who are nuts and are uh, spinning around in their particular uh, cocoon. You can't, you can't uh, just change the whole thing and move another direction based on a couple of conclusions you have. But I would say get out of that situation where you, where you can actually practice. If you consider yourself a Buddhist, you can actually train your mind. You have to have the luxury of, of uh, time, and space, food and water, and so on. You have to have the space to be able to do it. And if you're trying to work within the social dynamic, the causes and conditions that are behind that, the culture, the incredibly, incredible cultural bias and conditioning and uh, quite often chauvinistic, macho kind of control, that masculine control over everyone, in particular uh, women. There doesn't seem to be any way to do it headlong, but you could work on your own situation, train your own mind. 
and there's probably a lot more to say if I were to talk to you personally and talk about your particular situation. I may have some insight into it that, that I, I can't know way I can have now. And I also may not. I might, I might think, I don't know what to do about that. But the one thing I would say is if you can get away from that huge uh, momentum coming from centuries and centuries of bias, cultural, I mean, that's showing up all over the place. Good question, though. Uh, if you can find time to just stay out of that without being aggressive, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't do too much criticism of it uh, directly in the face of those who are working with that, because it just creates more tension, more warfare. Uh, anytime someone is doing, no matter what they're doing, even if they're doing very kind um, humanitarian uh, activities, if there's no mind training there. Not good. That's when I say, don't go to peace. Don't go to war. Take no position. Save all beings. That's not a position. That's a vow. Further questions are appropriate if you have them. Jason. Just looking at self-pity, it feels like sometimes looking to validate oneself or look for value. What can I do to be valuable or recognized? Yeah. And I'm just wondering, do we have any type of value? Yes, we do. We find out who you are. If you find out who you are, then, then everything is valuable. Everything is sacred. Some spiritual paths have sacred and profane. Buddhism is just sacred. Just sacred. There, there is no... We're not saying there isn't a horrible labyrinth of suffering and pain and torture going on. In, it's called the hell realm. And there isn't the other one that's the, the God realm where everything is away from all that and everything is very successful and everybody's rich. and Everybody has a, has a lot of uh, degrees. Or what, however you want to say the positive situation. But it's just polarized. Fundamentally, everything is sacred. If seen the way it is, it's just fundamentally valuable. This is valuable. Everyone, every, to go into the political area, anyone, I don't care how horrible they are functioning in their life, they're, they're valuable. They just don't know it. They try to squeeze happiness out of other people's throats. And that is the causes and conditions for that, for that, the source for that kind of horror and torture is untraceable. But you'll notice that if, as long as it shows up as a stage play, we get some kind of, there's some kind of uh, entertainment quality about whatever, Stephen King, for instance. I think it's, we would not want that to really happen, but when we know it's an imaginary, then we, we can have a sense of humor about it. Is there a way we can connect with that value before we actually see it intimately? Yeah. Yeah, there is. I, I think the way to connect with that is see our, our lack of understanding of it, our misunderstanding, and, the, and the, 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 the conclusion that tends to come up spontaneously out of causes and conditions to say that that's wrong or to say that that shouldn't be that way and to polarize ourselves so that we tend to go to war because we're the good guys 
we tend to go to war with what we what appears to be bad or evil or so on instead of confronting it as it is, which is just part of the the whole mandala. If you look at uh, uh, not just uh, uh, Buddhism, but other um, traditions have recognized the the power of negativity, and that's why you have uh, uh, like the the altar over there is a protector of the Dharma, Dorji Vernachan, which is a, a demon-like being. This is shows up in uh, uh, the Christianity also has protectors of that nature. So it's it's about seeing the negativity without fixing it, seeing the negativity with no blame. Not easy to do that because sometimes the negativity that we have to work with rises in our mind stream. And like we're talking about uh, self-pity, we instead of just, it's just uh, has a polarization of negativity. And it, and it because it is dependent and arisen, it needs to come and go. As Ramana Maharshi said when cancer uh, was uh, taking his life away uh, back in 1950, he was in his, I think, 80s, he said, uh, um, there's going to be a lot, of, I don't know how he said it, uh, and uh, I don't know what I can't um, recall offhand what his language was, but he he said uh, there's going to be a lot. going to be suffering. Kind of warning his uh, his uh, students there. It's going to be a lot of difficulty. I'm going to have difficulty. And then people said, well, you there must be some way we can save you, and we can. And he said, you know what? It wants to live too. It's just uh, life shows up in lots of different forms. It doesn't mean this is okay that you he was a uh, kind of sacrificing himself or validating cancer particularly but just noticing dependent origination things occur things go away and if you want something i don't care what it is if you crave anything it's going to be difficult because sometimes you're going to get it and then it'll be ripped away from you it's called uh, First noble truth of the Buddha, life is suffering. It's not nihilism, it's just the truth. We have some time if there are further questions. Ian Bowen. Go ahead. Ian, go ahead. Yes. Um, so the way self-pity has shown up in my life, it usually is also often accompanied with, um, it's been accompanied with drug abuse. Um, but at the same time, feelings of elation also tend to head that direction as well. Um, but I guess it feels dangerous not to do something with self-pity. Uh, so I, how do I work with that? So I'm probably not going to give you a particularly entertaining answer, but a lot of mind training, a lot, a lot of mind training. And the basic one that I promote is sit down and hold still and watch the confusion just like uh, simply put you can't you aren't going to be able to work on uh, something that is out of balance or difficult by looking at uh, pictures of what it could look like some kind of idealism there are people that do that and somehow get away with it but you, you need to look at the negativity and it's difficult to do that it's difficult to look at what the buddha pointed at life is suffering he didn't say sometimes. So that's what I would that's what I would recommend is 
go right into that. If, if uh, the elation shows up, just watch it. If the, if the, uh, if the discouragement or the self pity or anything, just, just watch, just look at it, just receive it. And don't, don't particularly, if you can help it, don't particularly abandon that for what you think about it. This is what people do. Uh, it takes a while before you can actually witness or see. And without mind training, I don't know if you can do it because then it would just be uh, the concept of abandoning. But if you actually see where you actually are looking at the difficulty and then move away from that to go into a description of the difficulty, blaming someone or something, like blaming a self, being, you know, I just never, uh, pitying yourself, I'm just never going to, I'm never going to, I keep meditating, 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 it just still sucks. And what is that? It's assuming that meditation is going to make that stop sucking. Need I tell you? <laughs> the actual difficulty is the mistaken identity. That not the not the causes and conditions that arise are going to come. So self-esteem is, uh, or um, or uh, or shame or pride or any of those polarities that run around all the place. You don't have to do anything with that other than watch them. Other than observe the way this will change out for that, and then circumstances will come up along and it'll change it back the other way. And just observe that which is observing is not a self, and that which is observing uh, is immutable. When I say immutable, I don't know, maybe not, but it looks that way. The observer, as long as the observer thinks it's observing something, then it will tend to change with whatever it's observing. In other words, I feel really good, and uh, now I don't feel so good. How are you doing today? I feel terrible. Oh, it's probably that you don't get enough water which might be true. So then you go drink a gallon of water and, and that doesn't help. It's just a, it's like a labyrinth of, well, maybe, well, perhaps, well, maybe I should. And it's not that you should stop doing that, but you could take some time and sit down and hold still and watch the movement on its most fundamental radical level, which is just a slight movement of the thought process coming into uh, consciousness as the mind stream. Just look at that. Train your mind to see clearly. You may not come up with a conclusion that I have a clear mind. Or do something else. Fuzan. Can not knowing reinforce self-centeredness? If it's a conclusion... To, to not know doesn't have any particular uh, concluded, conclusive dynamic to it unless we add on to it, unless we abandon the not knowing for someone who's not knowing and it's a credential, if that's what you're asking me. Yeah. Do nothing with it. If you actually are in a state of not knowing, you won't know. Because why? Because you don't know. Because there isn't anyone. There is no one to know. If there's a knowing, knowing knows. Wisdom only sees wisdom. wisdom. Wisdom doesn't see any any anything else and has no agenda about anything unless there's that wisdom is showing up as a living being who has received the, the vow to be with all things and is endeavoring to, to live by that vow. Go ahead. If that 
person who doesn't know is showing up, how can you work with that? I mean, what's, what's the problem? There's nothing to work with. It's not work. <laughs> not a vacation, and that's not work. And it's not sick leave. Go ahead. Can asking for help reinforce that self-centeredness? Uh, in the as a, a, a student teacher relationship and Sangha, probably probably not. I mean, uh, maybe a little bit, not a, not a problem. It won't go in a circle just because of the nature of the three jewels. The the teaching, if you teaching isn't going to take you in any circles. If you work with it, you'll see. And the the teacher, if it's a true teacher, they aren't going to take you in any circles. And and the sangha, because of the the, the differentiation between various ways of working with the Dharma, which shows up as all these different combinations of karma coming together as a community, as we're doing here for the next few minutes or seconds, and studying this material together with the help of a teacher, with the help of uh, who is endeavoring to present the teachings as They've come down through the centuries. Everything is dependently arisen. Nothing comes from its own side as an individual self. You have to realize it. Thinking about it won't. I mean, it might take you in circles. And if you're really smart, you might become a scholar and give up the path altogether because you think you know stuff. I almost said no shit, but then I realized I was on YouTube and I can't really use four letter words. You can take a final question if there is one somewhere. Sano Bowie. Sano. How do we ask for help in a way which isn't self-pitying, Sano Bowie? Isn't what? Self-pitying. Self-pitying. Oh, it might not be, that might be the only way you can do it. I mean, I, I certainly uh, uh, didn't begin this path a number of years ago because I had a, a healthy image. I felt terrible. I wanted. I, I thought I was so terrible that I, I shouldn't allow myself to live. I've heard, you've heard me say this before. I was close to killing myself because I thought the person with this insane and as crazy as this person is probably would be better if they didn't live anymore. So I came very close to going another direction. Don't tell anybody that or I won't be able to get into the state fair or prevent me from doing something. So you're bound to have uh, neg negativity shows up in, in self-pity or, or, you know, feeling sorry for yourself or feeling like you've got a raw deal or you don't deserve this or, or you can't handle this anymore. This is just too much negativity. I mean, there's, there's lots of versions of that. And uh, so just in so far as you can, uh, just look at it as clearly as you can, each person's version of difficulty uh, or of the Buddha's teaching of, of uh, life of suffering. It's going to show up in different ways. And it'll be combined with your particular personality or persona, your, your way of avoiding, your way of manifesting passion or grasping. Maybe that's very low. Maybe your way of manifesting anger or, or aggression. Maybe that's very high or your way of, of manifesting just to use the three poisons, 
your way of shutting down or shutting out or, or distracting yourself from the very thing that I'm going to call your life. As soon as you're born, you are given this opportunity to be in school, put it on receive, find that, find that area and put it on receive and, and be a student from now on. This person that looks like a teacher or may look, I assume I look like a teacher, he wouldn't be here. No, no teacher here, just a student. And that doesn't mean that you guys would teach him anything. I wouldn't get too uppity. All right. We good? Dedicate the merit. Dedicate the merit, yes. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The ten directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Pajna Paramita. Buddhism, Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions, the three times, please hear us, please come down out of the light, protect the Koji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light. 